recently I got a new car. And this new car is almost exactly like the car I drove previously. Actually, I would say it's exactly the same. I haven't found anything different yet. It's just a newer model. So I was driving it today and thinking, you know, I've got kind of a lot going on this fall. But it's nice that there's no learning curve for me, at least with my new car. That's because many years ago, my husband traded in our minivan and brought home, with no warning, a Chevy Suburban. If you don't know about cars, Suburbans are very big. So when I first got behind the wheel of that first Suburban, it seemed absolutely huge, terrifying. Tears were shed. I thought we were all going to die. And it took months before I even attempted to parallel park in that truck. After I dropped the kids off at school, sometimes I would go to a parking lot and practice parking between lines and backing up between lines to see how to interpret the rear mirrors. And that was before, way before I had anything like backup cameras or beeps that let you know if you were too close to something. I spent hours of extra time trying to learn how to drive that beast. And after a while, I figured it out. And after a year or so, I never even noticed how enormous the Suburban was anymore at all, unless I drove our other car, which was much, much lower to the ground. And I actually ended up with three Suburbans in a row over about 15 years, probably a little longer. A white one, a gray one, and then a blue one, which we drove until there was not much left of it. What, you may ask, what does driving a 6,000-pound gas-guzzling Chevy Suburban have to do with moving towards a plant-based or vegan diet? You'll figure it out. Veg heads and veg your besties. Welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant based podcast. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I've been here every week for a year now, <laughs> encouraging you to eat more plants and challenge yourself to set an impossible goal and blow your own mind about what you're capable of of. And we're on episode 54, where I remind you that you always figure it out. You know, back in the earlier episodes of this podcast, I remember talking about how learning to drive is a series of a lot of very awkward actions when you're beginning. There are elements competing for your attention. And of course, in your brain, there are all the swirling legal and safety and financial concerns. 
And most very new drivers toggle between feeling like, well, like the process is impossible and then deceptively easy. And then just as you think you've got it, terrifying. And it goes in this cycle for hundreds of hours until you really start to automate. Well, actually, your brain starts to automate the process. And if you have been driving for years or like myself for decades, you don't get into your car every day the same way now as when you were learning. And even if it's a new car with the windshield wiper control on the opposite side or a huge distracting dashboard display or new buttons or a keyless ignition, none of it matters so much anymore because your car may be different, but you're not starting from zero anymore. You know, you know, you can drive. You know that you might like the new car, you might dislike it, you might keep it for 15 years or trade it in, but you'll figure it out. The question now is about the car. It's not about you. I find in my coaching practice that I can never remind my clients enough of how many things they have figured out. Because once you figure something out, it's no longer about you. You're no longer the problem, right? But when we're having a hard time with something, our brains sometimes offer us up a long list of the things, yikes, that we didn't do that well. Now, my clients are not all folks that are moving towards a vegan lifestyle or a plant-based diet. Some of them have goals for their businesses or goals to write consistently or apply to grad school or lose weight or spend time painting. That's why I know. That's why I see how it's not that limiting or eliminating animal products is that hard. But if you haven't been doing it consistently for very long, yeah, it can be awkward. But what happens for most of my clients when they're having trouble with any of their goals, whether it's getting law school applications in on time or writing consistently or setting up a new website for their business, no matter what the goal, when my clients are having trouble, they tell me all the things that they never did, as if it's an explanation, things they never finished, things they never learned, all the things they gave up on or didn't pursue. And they tell me these things like they are some sort of proof, some sort of evidence that I will hear and then say, oh, oh, wow, yeah, you're right. You should just give up. Why didn't you tell me you were broken? This is what the brain does when it's having a little tantrum, right? When things are hard, when you're not nailing it, when you're not keeping to the schedule or the program or the agreement you made with yourself. Do you know why you're having trouble sticking to the program? 
or the schedule or the agreement you made with yourself? Do you know why you made a plan to write for 15 minutes every day and then didn't? Do you know why you told everyone you were going to train for a 5K and then stopped after the first week? Do you know why you bought the art supplies and they're still in a bag in your closet? Well, it's because your brain thinks it should be easier. And when it's hard, your brain starts to offer up reasons for what the problem is. And for many of us, the reason our brains choose is there must be something wrong with us. I hear it all the time. I always do this, Michelle. I like to start, but I'm a quitter. You don't understand. I never stick with anything. And they say it. They say that to me so seriously, so emotionally, so regretfully. I'm not judging them. I do the same thing with my coach. I can give her all the evidence I have of why I can't do new things, all the arguments I have for my limitations. And you know what? It has never, not once, been true. Not for me, not for my clients. These are people who have done so much, so many things. But when a new goal is challenging, when it's heavy going, our brains are right there to remind us that this was probably a bad idea. And, you know, it's impossible at our age, at our time of life. And on top of that, we have a track record that proves it. And now that we think about it, we don't even want that goal, that new business, that new skill, that new lifestyle. I wonder what's on Netflix. Listen, if my client doesn't want to do something, if you don't want to do something, That's fine by me. I don't tell my clients what they should do. But I also don't let them tell themselves lies in front of me unchallenged. If you want to tell me that you never finish anything, I am going to make sure that you tell me all the things that I know you did finish. All the skills you did learn all the things you did stick with, and all the hard things you figured out. Because you did. You figured it out countless times. You figured it out. But our brains, our brains just don't remember that the same way they remember when things don't go well. That's the negativity bias. Our failures And what's wrong with us, what's wrong with the rest of the world, somehow that evidence just sticks with us. And this is a good example to remind you again about the think, feel, act cycle. Remember, our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings fuel the actions we take or don't take. When we have a plan or a goal that isn't going the way we want, we might have a thought like, this is too much. This is too hard. I can't do this. This was a mistake. 
And depending on the thought, we feel something like, well, we feel embarrassed, maybe. Or we feel ashamed. Maybe we feel overwhelmed or angry or regretful. And let's think about what feelings like that fuel. Feelings like embarrassed, ashamed, overwhelmed, angry, and regretful. For most of us, those are not feelings that fuel problem solving. They don't tend to fuel creative, curious investigation or self-compassion or innovation. No, those feelings fuel actions like avoiding, forgetting, giving up, hiding, ruminating on all the other things you haven't stuck with or accomplished, making long lists of all your deficiencies. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? Ever? Most of us have. Most of us. When my clients are in that situation, when they're struggling with something they said they wanted to do or learn or practice or try, and it isn't happening, one of the things we try is adding something to the thought. Instead of, this is hard, we add, and I'm figuring it out. Instead of, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm figuring it out. This is the wrong time, but I'm figuring it out. Adding the phrase, but I'm figuring it out, will you try it? You say it, wherever you are right now. It's hard, but I'm figuring it out. I know it seems like nothing, but when we say it, there's something that's a little more opening. We get a feeling of a little bit of possibility, a little bit of agency. It seems like nothing, but we need to give equal airtime to the story of our competence just as much as the story of our incompetence. We need equal airtime for the list of our accomplishments, equal airtime for the list of our wins, equal airtime to the stories of what we did stick with and what we did make happen. Your brain will come up with all the other stories, but we need to make, even if it's a little artificial, we need to make equal airtime to the story of all the times we figured it out. All the times you figured it out. Even if you've got a situation that's feeling very hard, and very challenging, and you don't see the solution right now, I'm encouraging you to immediately pay a lot of attention to the way you talk about this situation the way you tell your story. Because even just narrating the story as a series of very boring facts, it can give us, it can give us some distance. And that distance can offer our brains a little simpler 
puzzle to solve. Just facts. No name-calling, no character analysis or character assassination. Just facts. My plan was to eat vegan burritos. I chose to eat cheese pizza. My goal was to walk for 30 minutes. I chose to watch Netflix for two hours. My plan was to write for 15 minutes. I chose to scroll on my phone for an hour. My goal was to create two Instagram posts for my business. I chose to text my friend and have a snack. Whatever it is, just facts. Data. Dispassionate objective. None of those things means anything about you until you start using those circumstances to create a story about how useless or broken or unreliable or lazy or distractible you are. If you have data, if you have facts, then you can and you will be able to figure it out. You always figure it out. You always figure it out when you can just stay out of that brain drama. And you can do this on your own, for sure. But I'm guessing you can see how much easier this sort of thing is with a coach or with someone who will refuse to indulge your brain's stories of what's wrong with you. So my last point is really that when people tell me going plant-based or vegan is just impossible for them. It's my experience that this is no different than any other goal we just haven't figured out yet. But for some reason, as a culture, we still have some belief that not eating animals is sufficiently unusual that having trouble limiting or eliminating their consumption means it just won't work for some people. Well, that's a story, a narrative that a lot of people will nod and not challenge you on, not call you out on. So people say, going plant-based didn't work for me. Okay. If I said to you, no, no, I just can't figure out how to drive a Chevy Suburban after driving a minivan for years. What would you say? You'd say, I know, it's a big change. But you know what? Give it some time. You'll figure it out. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.